Well, we're doing a whole um, on Sunday, like before it kind of kicks off, we've got like what we call the InsureTech showcase. And we've got like four panels of, of you know, InsureTech companies kind of highlighting that are carrier or that are agent focused, you know, that are building solutions and are trying to integrate and put the agent model oh, cool. at the center sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun, I think. So it'll be interesting to see the turnout there. So yeah, so Sunday, like the, the event officially starts Monday, but we've got that and then a video marketing workshop running parallel mm-hmm. to each other on Sunday. So. That's great. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really yeah. bummed I can't make it. Um, I really enjoyed it last year. And matter of fact, people people still yeah, still talk time. when I run into just complete strangers. They're like, yeah, I was in that workshop. Yeah, that was a good session. That was. Anyway, I, I don't. I didn't expect too. it. I, I thought like it was more in the QT, but I think people rolled in and said, "Oh, let me go to this thing." They were just excited to get into something. Yeah. They decided to get into something, and it, yeah. it, it, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a good crowd, and uh, you know, I think that was like the first elevate experience, right? Other than just registration, so they walk in, they're like, "Damn!" Right. You know, it was it was a fun way to kick off the meeting. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing, like in starting with brand, it's, you know, I mean, there's probably a lot of agents that walked in there and this is kind of, you know, your thing. It's something that, you know, some agents really love and they, they focus on heavily in some capacity, you know, but, um, others, they just have no kind of concept or grasp of it. And, mm-hmm. um, definitely been, I've been on a big branding kick lately, not that I've never not been, but like, I feel like it's kind of hit a certain special spot for me and, um, and kind of where it, where it fits, but, Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you, like, what are your, I mean, like, is there anything, what are you feeling, you know, even, you know, since, you know, basically a year from now from, from Elevate last year, like, where's your head around branding and how it's changed and what's important and what's not? Um, well, you know, I, I think, I think what I'm seeing more, more of is, uh, well, a couple of things um, in the insurance industry, I'm seeing more questioning of the status quo. Uh, and, and, um, you know, I think part of it has to do with technology and part of it has to do with the consumer. Um, so like uh, these insure techs, they, they don't, they don't, these people, they're just not, they're just not only technical or technology people. They are people from all walks of life and no one's telling them what to wear or when to come in, when to leave or how to work. I mean, they're just getting the job done. And I, yeah. I wonder how the insurance industry is going to respond to that. I heard a, um, I think, I think it's going to have to respond. And I heard a very refreshing um, comment by uh, by someone in charge of recruiting at a very large national uh, PNC carrier, and she said that they aren't even talking about insurance opportunities like an actuary or accounting or claims or underwriting. She said, we're just talking about technology. We're talking about how we're investigating drones and the impact of drones on families and things like that and, and making it sound cool because she said, we're competing with, you know, these big accounting firms and these big companies on college campuses and we want to have a cooler story. So we're trying to make insurance sound cool. It's all about technology. And she says it's working. And then they're doing mentorships and things like that. So I think working on the culture of what it's like to work at an independent agency and what it's really like to work at an insurance company is going to be critical. Um, and part of that too is just a total makeover of how, uh, what the brand touch points look like, which is the, the, the fun part. The last part of all of this, once you have a strategy is how do we look? And I 
love to talk about insurance blue and how everything is not only the same is not only blue but the same shade of blue and um if you put all these all these company logos on a slide and and uh, look at it all at once it's just you're just lost in a sea of blue insurance blue so that's gotta that's gotta evolve too and i think there are some examples of where that's happening and uh, like I said, even though that's a tangible and kind of fun part at the very end of an exercise where you're working on messaging, it still is kind of critical because uh, everybody looks the same. So that, there's that going on. But I, I will say it's um, challenging because a lot of the change is coming from the outside in and not iterations of, of change. I mean, look, these guys... We, we, we in the in industry, I mean, I've been to so many Big Eye Act meetings and Augie and Accord meetings over the years, Ivan's, and this goes back decades. Unfortunately, I've been around a while. And, um, you know, they, they say, oh, we were able to reduce underwriting a turnaround on, on our BOP policies from three days to two days. Or we, we, it's no longer two days, it's, it's uh, 15 minutes we can do turnaround. Well, these insured techs, they don't want to do underwriting at all. No underwriting. It, it's astonishing. Yeah. It's like, how do you, how do you even keep up with like big data and, and, and big math and, and, and the internet of things? So it's from the outside in where that's occurring, not the inside out. Where you know, so it's not iterations anymore. It's it's massive. But despite all of that, I really think, and I've been really talking with a lot of people that are. In the insure tech space right now, I'm doing like two calls a day with these people, all kinds of insure tech startups, many of which are coming from inside the industry, like uh, people uh, like you and I have been bouncing around a while and are, are yeah. uh, or we were independent agents or we were carrier people and they're starting these things that enable the agent and broker channel. I really believe that agents and brokers are going to be doing very well if they just adopt some of this new technology. Um if they if they if they're stuck in status quo mode like the taxi cabs were with Uber, they're dead. But I don't think that's going to happen. I've I mean I, too, I honestly I've I've also been running into quite frequently people that started as an agent as an agency. They developed this thing for their you know specific business, and then they've just turned it turned it into a product. Um, and it's like hey, it's it works for us, and we want to help other people. Um, my only concern is, is that it feels like, are we, are we at some point, like as, as everyone has those successes, are we cannibalizing some of our best agents or, you know, like forward thinkers, like leaders, like for them, it does feel like it kind of draws them out a little bit. It draws them out in, in what sense, Joey? Meaning like it draws them out of like focusing on just being like a really good independent agent or agency. It's like, Hey, we're going to come be our own little, you know, insure tech company or, you know, basically become an insurance vendor at that point. Uh, where where are their talents best served? I guess is the question. Yeah, you know that's a really good point because I um, I, uh, I I ran into this this guy Peter McDonald who uh, was with a family agency called RiskAdvice.com. I know Peter. Yeah, yeah, I know and, Peter. yeah. And uh, by the way, that's a cool that's a cool cool handle for an independent agency, RiskAdvice.com. <laughs> and yeah. um, and and now he's uh, kind of like Mister InsureTech. You know he. He started a, a commercial lines application uh, program. I don't think it's out or available yet. It's called Wonderite, uh, uh, W-U-N-D-E-R-I-T-E, uh, Wonderite. And yeah. it's kind of slick, but he's focusing on the technology piece. So uh, have we lost a good risk advisor? I don't know. You know, 
I think the consumer always gets what he or she wants. You know, it, it, it's kind of like, I mean, I make that up myself, but it kind of people have said that. Uh, what does the consumer get from the independent agent channel right now? They, it gets choice. Um, they get choice, which is great, which is really important. Um, do they get convenience? And that's the part, because that's the other thing they want. They want choice and they want convenience. I think a lot of consumers punt and they say, you know, I really would like to look around and get get a you know a choice of coverages and companies and prices and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I just, it's exhausting. So I'm just going to click on geico.com and get it done, you know? And, and so they kind of trade off the convenience over the choice, even though they don't feel great about it. I think, I think the insure techs that enable this model of both choice and convenience are going to be the winners and uh, making it easy for people to, to, to get quotes, to get to, to you know, there's uh, someone, someone said to me recently, this whole idea of the shenanigans that go on after you deliver a quote, it's like, well, the price changed a little bit because we got to do X, Y, and Z. And, and people want to like kind of ch- a checkout experience like you get with Amazon, like, okay, I have the coverage in the shopping cart, I'm going to check out and it is what I, what I thought it is and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's really a balance because insurance is you know, as it was constructed originally, which is another conversation we can have because it's getting pulled apart in pieces. Um, but it, it, it's kind of important. <laughs> you know, it, it uh, you know, Joey, you were an independent agent. It, it's kind of important to get the coverage right and have really good advice and know if I don't buy the flood endorsement, I know I'm not buying it. I, I, I'm aware of it. I didn't buy it. And I get that it's important, but I didn't buy it because my agent told me about it and I get it. And maybe a couple of years I'll have it. So there's that conscious decision made over what you bought, what you don't have, and what you may need in the future. Those are really important decisions. And when you can buy coverage for your, you know, your your your, your uh, baseball card collection over Trove over an app, um, is is that is that useful? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> is that that's interesting? Is that useful? I mean, that's I don't know either. I mean, maybe I'm, I, I've never, I've never had that inclination yet. And maybe that's terrible of me being an insurance guy, um, to, to want to, you know, protect my guitar or my, you know, card, baseball card collection that is not existent anymore. But, um, so here's, here's an interesting thing though, right? Like, it's like, we're overcoming this, you know, we always say like, you know, it's, it's not just, it's not just one independent agency. Like it's all independent agencies, right? Like we're a representation of the industry sort of, sort of. Um, you know, it's like, Hey, I talked to one of those guys and they weren't any good. Mm-hmm. So they're all no good. And, and back to like the whole brand conversation of uh, our brand as an industry, as the independent agent brand, um, you know, obviously that's part of, you know, kind of trustedchoice.com's mission is to kind of help, you know, kind of, uh, bring the channel together, uh, agency nation, you know, like, like bringing, like, ha- having us identified as kind of one thing, but it, it does feel like it's a challenging kind of hill to climb and 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 what do you see as far as like you said the sea of blues and just uh it, can we embrace that like the android you know kind of slogan together mm-hmm. but different sort of thing um is that sort of like kind of what we might need to yeah I, I i do i i think um i think we well i i think the consumer wants uh, they want like a, they want everything and uh they don't want the insurance industry to be distant faceless and personal uh, concerned only with numbers and profits and not with people. And that's, if you ask them, 
they may like their agent, but they don't really like industry, just like they, they like their congressman and they don't like Congress. It's that kind of, it's, it's that, that monolith thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, the agents who are, who are stuck in status quo, which is unfortunately a pretty significant, you might even say majority, but it's certainly a, a significant minority of them, are sort of just like, well, that's kind of the way it is. We're, 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 you know, we have this technical thing. We have jargon. We, we, we don't say, we don't say, we don't spell out what CGL means or BOP, or we just, we just throw around this jargon. We tell people that it's going to take three days to hear from the underwriter. So we're, yeah. those agencies have got us, let's just take, take a timeout and step away from these technical workflows and, and the weight and the carriers that you work with that make life tough for you and say, listen, We've got to get around the table and sit with our customers and look at these things differently. We have to experiment. We have to challenge our companies and say, you know, are you are you piloting any insure tech? Can we pilot with you? Or conversely, can we as an agency work directly with some of these insure techs who might bring a, a fresh new way to uh, to to uh, present a policy to a customer, for example? Can we learn from them? Because in, in an industry that's all about taking on risk, nobody likes to fail. Nobody likes to try things and fail. And I think that's a big mistake because we don't want to be in a scenario where we're like the taxi cabs who didn't respond to Uber. I was talking with um, the CEO of Applied Systems, uh, Reed French. He told me he did a little research and uh, a taxi cab medallion, which is the license to operate one taxi in New York City, went for like uh, $2 million um, uh, four years ago. I'm uh, sorry, 1.3 million, and and sold recently one of them for 200,000. So the the values has come out of the taxicab industry because they didn't respond, but banks responded quite well to fintech or financial technology. Uh, I think we as agents and companies can respond yeah. to insure tech. I think we can leverage it. Yeah, I mean for sure, and and I. Leveraging it is is always the challenge because there is that adoption. And, and I think um, there's an adjustment period to where when you do leverage it, it just makes it not everybody is as needed as they once were probably. And it's getting through that awkward teen phase of the whole thing. I think that is maybe where we're approaching yeah, or getting well, into. Maybe I'm it's funny. Um, <laughs> somebody told me recently, because again, I'm, I'm talking to these guys to a day because I'm just fascinated with what, what's going on with the insure tech investors and as well as the entrepreneurs. But he said that everybody thinks like, oh, we're, you know, insure tech is, is, is a mature industry and, um, uh, you know, it's going to start slowing down. And, and this guy says, no, it's not because we're in like an elementary school because there hasn't been a leader that's emerged like you see with Airbnb and with Uber and with Amazon and with Google. Their lemonade makes the most noise. Yeah. I, d- I just don't know um, if, if they're going to be, you know, the one that emerged, the Uber of InsureTech. So his point is it's still going to be pouring in billions of dollars uh, until there is uh, kind of a leading uh, leading way to go. You know what I think, Joey? I think these InsureTechs, well, first of all, just like the dot-com days um, when we had this first go-around, uh, they're just not going to make it. Many of them are just not going to make it. Uh, it. It's too hard. Uh, it's especially hard if you're on the underwriting side to make money, as Lemonade is proving. Um, but I think a lot of them are going to be, uh, they're going to, there's pieces and parts of them that will be sold off or partnered up with traditional insurance carriers because carriers can't wait 
for the guys in IT to fix the crappy claim system. They, they, they can't afford to wait that anymore. And so, but they could do um, right. sort of a, uh, I've, I've learned a little bit about APIs, the, you know, computer to computer exchanges as opposed to user interface where you look at a website, the computers talk to each other and it makes it easy for, for let's say Lemonade to, to, to sort of cobble to the carrier that can't fix its old claim system to, to use that through an API. Um, is that possible? Well, InsureTech Connect, the conference in the fall, that's what they're going to be talking about is the rapid expansion of API exchanges that make it easy for traditional carriers and agents, frankly, to work with some of these start, uh, startups. Yeah, you bring up a good point, right? Like it, like it fundamentally hasn't changed, right? And we're not just going to all of a sudden say time out, wait, ah, we're just going to take a break on this. We're not going to try to, to make, you know, so it's like once, cause if you, if you, if you use Amazon, just, I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head, if you use Amazon as the example, right. Um, it changed the way that you do it, but it, what it did was if we're going to make the analogy to an insurance, if Amazon's going to be the insurance company, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that too loud because people think that's going to happen anyways. Um, you have people, retailers that are selling through Amazon now, right? They've changed the way that they distribute what they do. So instead of buying, um, I'm going to use like M audio is like audio equipment, right? Instead of buying it directly Mm -hmm. from M audio, I'm buying it from M audio, but through Amazon, you know? So what does that look like for insurance? Does, how does that fundamentally get changed? Um, and and like you said, like how far, how long is it going to take and who's going to be the winner and what's it going to look like? And that's, I I never really quite, you know, it's like, it's kind of scary. You kind of have like a little panic attack. You reach for the brown paper bag sort of thing when you think about it like that. Well, I um, think, um, one thing I find, I find kind of interesting about these, these startups, um, is, is they have. There, there's there's kind of a there's kind of a coolness factor to them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's like three C's. Uh, if I can get my thoughts straight, convenience, community, and a cool new look. Uh, they they like I said, they're you know the consumers want choice and they want convenience, and so these guys make it easy for uh, for consumers. It kind of looks like an Amazon buying experience the way they set up their their quote unquote shopping carts and. And they, they make it easy to, to, to get something done using sliders. If I slide this over, my coverage goes up and the price goes up and vice versa if it goes down. And so, you know, they're, they're, having, they're making it just easier with a quicker quoting and, uh, and, and a quicker checkout. Um, so it's, so it's um, you know, is, is, it, is it good coverage? Who knows? Is it A-rated? Who knows? Is it... Is it just a piece of what you really need when, you know, when you should talk to an independent agent and have a, yeah. a blanket homeowner's policy instead of just having your collectibles covered? I don't know. But it is it is convenient. And then the community piece is just, you know, uh, they seem obsessed with having their customers and their employees have a good experience. And it, 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 the best brands have uh, kind of an obsession with making sure that both culture, which is the internal brand, if you will, what, what the employees experience, and the brand, which is the external expression, uh, are kind of the same thing. And I like to draw in the air an infinity symbol. Um, on the one side is brand, the other side is culture. In the middle where the X is, is, is values. And values guide employee behavior. And they're lived on the inside when they're well-constructed. And they're shared on the outside. So people say, oh, you know, the people that work at this insurance company uh, kind of like me, and and they have that we share the same values, and it's it's kind of like Starbucks is your friend when you go in there if you're a Starbucks fan. It's like 
there, there's no surprises, only pleasant ones. And uh, it, it's just kind of an ex- expectation. And that's, that's the community part of what they, they build. And they, 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 they hire good people and they don't micromanage them. And uh, they don't tell them what to wear, when to leave, when to come in. And it's just, it's just this, it's community. And that's often missing in the insurance world, unfortunately, at least to date. And then finally, it's the cool new look. I mean, if you if you look at these these apps and, and things, um, again, I'm not I'm not passing judgment on whether they're good for the consumer or not, but they're uh, they're just just bright colors. It's not insurance blue, which is the same shade of blue times a hundred. I mean, you can't even you, you run out of room on your on your PowerPoint slide if you try to put all the insurance company logos on on one slide, and um, they're just they're just uh, just kind of a hip factor to how they look, and they have cool names like Cuba and Trove and Goji. And you know what? What is it a name? I mean, what does Uber mean? What does Amazon mean? What does Google mean? It, it, it names are empty vessels into which we pour meaning, and so they come up with these these names, and they don't say um, State Farm Mutual Auto. You know, uh, it, it it just kind of blends together. Uh, all those traditional company names, and that's the fun part, Joey. The, the what you call your agency, what you call your company, the logo, the name, the, the tagline—that's all the fun stuff. There's got to be a strategy. You've got to stand out for for something. You've got to you got to differentiate. And, and this has nothing to do with technology. This is all about what are we going to stand out for uh, going forward? What are we going to? We, we're not going to be a generalist anymore. We're going to be good at some a couple of things or one thing. We're going to specialize in families. We're going to specialize in this kind of business. The agencies that focus, and companies too, and MGAs and wholesalers, that's why you see them doing so well. The agencies that focus on niches are more profitable because their staff is more confident and they can write the business quicker. Yeah, and I think there, so obviously there's a lot there. You know, the, there is this adversarial approach, you know, to the whole thing, whether it's agent carrier or carrier to, you know, you know, person having a claim. I'm actually going through one myself, um, you know, with an insurance company that will remain nameless, I guess, at this point. But yeah. like you said, there's just so much um, room for things to go bad, right? It's, 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 it's when there's, when there's this much at stake, when things need to be replaced, when do- big dollars are at play, um, it's hard not to be guarded and close to the vest. And and, I, and maybe that's like the one of the biggest kind of shifts in mindset, not to the fact of you know just to the, the fact of like, hey, we're gonna have we're gonna have very simple, very approachable names and things like that. That's part of like the mindset. It's just hey, can, how can we adjust, make it easier to not have right. to just uh, treat everybody like they're you know, a double agent, like kind of Nazi spy sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. I yeah. Guess. Well, you know, uh, just to talk about independent agent side of all this, cause I know the carrier pieces is, is, uh, is a big part. I would, I would much rather be an independent agent going forward. Um, you know, I, I, I've been bouncing around the industry. I'm a classic baby boomer. I've been observing agents since 1982 when I started at AM best company in the magazine group. And I, I just find it, I just find them fascinating. I think there's a reason why a lot of the insured tech dollars are coming into impacting the agent and broker model, because it's, it's a, it's good for the consumer and they're, they have great relationships with their carriers. They have a solid customer base 
they've got uh, they're they're growing above GDP rates. They're uh, many of them are very profitable. You can see all the M and A activity because there's interest in this model from the inside the industry as well as the outside, and it's a complex environment. And they they do a good job for for consumers. And the the kicker is that that while this this technology will enable this model, I think the model is going to look different. And I think agents have to be have have much more of a sense of urgency right now. I don't think it's a matter of let let's see what ha- let's see what Travelers does or let's see what State Auto does. I think they've got to take more action now because if they can bring to bear the same technology that the insurtechs are bringing, they're not going to lose their customers. It's only when they ignore those trends, as the taxi cabs, taxi cabs did, um, where they're going to have a problem. And so I see two paths forward for the agents that are listening here, two paths. One is status quo, which is just riding out the wave. And it's been a great business. And it's your choice. And you can harvest what you've put into it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's the American way. I mean, I'm not going to tell them what to do. Um, but if you don't do anything and you're in your 50s or 60s, it's probably game over in five to 10 years, but that's okay. I mean, it, it's change is hard. I get it. I get it. But accept it and don't think it's going to, someone's going to hand you the, the path forward. I, I think it's going to be a little bit harder work. For those agents that choose the other path, which is innovation or an innovator brand, I, I think they need to do a number of things. Um, and I have a list uh, with the top of my list um, that I could share. Uh, but there's there's um, tremendous opportunity, Joey. I mean, I, I, I'm excited for these guys. I mean, that's kind of, you know, what you do, right? I mean, you like, I mean, who do you, I guess, who do you prefer to work with? I mean, do you, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm asking a question. I think I might know the answer to you. I mean, is it more on the company side? Is it more on the agent side? Like, who is your, like, who do you? Well, I enjoy helping the agents the most. The most. Um, I feel like uh, most of our work is with the carriers because it's they're just um, maybe more of a wholesale change you can make, you can impact in a positive way, and then hopefully impact and turn yeah. several thousand agencies. And we've seen that happen. Um, agencies that we work with tend to be on the larger side. Uh, they may have, um, although not all of them, you know, it, it's a mindset, Joey, like, look at branding and culture strategy as as an investment not an expense that's number one you've got to have that mindset look at it as a as a as a strategy not a project you know a website is you could say is a project a lot of agents feel like the website is the strategy but it's not it's the fun easy part uh once you have a written brand and culture strategy which so many of them don't have so we tend to work with the larger ones who have uh you know a bit of not just transactional leadership, which are more the technical people that come up through an agency and run it. Um, and, and they have more, the ones we work with tend to have more of a transformational leadership, which is more around uh, positioning for the future, more of talking about vision. And they, they understand where, what the future lot, what, what the future holds for them. And they're trying to position for that. And uh, so it, it's, so it's a, it's a blend of both. There's also a lot of other uh, business partners in the industry, Joey, that we work with um, like trade, trade groups and uh, technology companies and, and associations. Uh, it, it's all uh, one big happy family as we look at it. Cause I, there's so much, there's so much need for change and in, in, in a very positive way. And uh, so we're, we, we just love working with whoever 
really sees the need to change as opposed to trying to sell them a logo or sell them a website, which is tactical. We like the strategy stuff. I guess I don't know if I know this. Uh, are you doing that because you had Artrike as like the parent company? Then now, are you doing that more through Chromium now? Yeah. Well, there's three three firms. Um, Artrike is the insurance marketing company. It's been around since '99 when I left the the Big Eye, the National Big Eye Association, and we are dedicated almost exclusively to the independent agent and broker channel, mainly with um, content um, development and management and media relations. Uh, it, it's it's the the the, um, uh, the expressions of of a brand and culture strategy. Like if you if you said, you know, we're really good at at this kind of technology. We want people to know about it. Well, then that that leads itself to white papers and blogs and and social media marketing, those sorts of things. So it's we we say content marketing, thought leadership, media relations, uh, yeah. getting articles placed in the industry. That's that's our trike and. Uh, it's a family agency. My daughter and my, my wife have worked here, and um, we got about 20 consultants around the country who specialize in the industry as well. And they work to carriers, some former agents, et cetera. And then Chromium is the brand strategy company that works in technology, food and beverage, and um, and financial services, including oh, okay. insurance. And I'm, for Chromium, I'm the insurance uh, guy, I guess. Uh, it's all gotcha. management consulting for startups to mid-sized firms yeah i didn't realize you, you'd you'd gotten you'd dabbled outside the insurance industry with that one not, i'm not a good friend yeah I'm it's good uh, friend. it's so it's so interesting joey because it's the same issues just different jargon yeah. different ways to express it but it, they, everybody has the same pain you know whether it's a bank or a, a food truck company or a technology company and then the third entity um, is Channel Harvest Research or ChannelHarvest.com, and we do um, we uh, work with a number of insurance carriers to pull the independent agency system and and find out what agents want from their carriers, what they what they want from carriers in terms of underwriting support, marketing support, education, uh, real time technology, etc., and then how their favorite carriers are doing against those factors. So it's a little bit of a a JD Power model, but more uh, more nuanced because of the independent agent channel. So that's channelharvest.com. That's really fun. We do that uh, annual study. This year we had six thousand respondents to the to the study. And and across all of that, um, you know, just kind of looking to like make the make the biggest impact. Like of all that, what you what do you see? What is the most impactful trigger? You know, when when presented to these companies uh, to kind of spur that change or to, to kind of create that mindset for them? Do you have something that is like, this is my go-to to like, this is what we, this is how we need to be looking at it? Um, that's a, that's a really, uh, that's a really tough question to answer. Um, I think I would say, I would say that, that most of our clients and I would say, like, of course, potential clients are, probably not looking at a crisis for when, you know, they're not, and a crisis doesn't have to be negative. Let's say they're going through a merger. I mean, there's obviously you're going to have some branding issues, some strategy issues there around messaging, et cetera. Um, sometimes they are, you know, in a financial crisis that, that happened last year. Um, sometimes they uh, are expanding to a new territory. Uh, you know, it could be an agent or a company saying we want to go into a new state or a new product line. Uh, we want to pull back in these states and it, our name, you know, our, our, our messaging is kind of off. 
Um, those are kind of reactive things that don't occur as often as where you need to be proactive. And, and, and or a CEO change is another kind of reactive thing where it's so obvious you're going to have, uh, you know, a, a shift in the C-suite and that sort of thing. And then the messaging coming out of it. Um, there are things that happen to companies and agents over time where if we point those out to them, um, it's like, oh, really hadn't thought of that. Um, it, it, companies will hang a mission statement in their cafeteria that says something like, uh, our mission uh, to be the largest writer of car insurance in New Hampshire, right? And so people come to work every day, they're trudging into work and seeing that sign and it's, it's just not exciting. Or can you imagine policyholders saying, oh, I can't, write, I can't wait to write you guys a check to help you be the largest writer of car insurance in New Hampshire. It's just not inspiring. It's like a business plan that got put on a poster by the HR department. It's all, it all gets twisted. So we ask people, do you have a written brand and culture strategy? And there's nine components of it, uh, but there's some that are really critical, like vision for a better world for your customers and your employees. Uh, a, 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 a really solid mission statement that describes what you do. Uh, values is critically important to have five to seven core values for guiding how your employees behave. And so you, you start asking these questions and they got bits and pieces and they, they haven't looked at it in 10 years. Um, they have, they have you know, six subsidiaries that don't look the same. It's just a collection of logos that somebody came up with in marketing. And, and you see, and everything kind of looks like a rummage sale. Like it just all different colors and, and names and it's all thrown on a website and it just looks like, where's the heartbeat here? Like, why, why should I care? And so those are things where, Joey, you start to ask those questions and make them feel a little bit uncomfortable. And that's when you can start having more of a strategy conversation. It, it's not rocket science. Uh, it, it's just not the business side that people are comfortable with that run these companies. And they're, they're, they're they're just, it's just not their comfort zone. They, they want to talk about insurance. They want to talk about their latest endorsement to the, uh, the ISO CGL policy or something. And it, 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 talking about brand and culture just seems like, oh, why don't we let marketing handle that, uh, handle brand and, and HR, let, let those guys handle, uh, you know, um, the culture stuff. We'll have a company picnic every summer. I mean, they're missing it. It's got to start at the very top. And when we ask a few questions at the very top, whether it's an agency owner or a company CEO, um, we can find out really, really fast whether this is something they have fire in the belly for, because it's so critically important. Everything else is so much easier if you, if you take the time to develop a authentic, written brand and culture strategy. Yeah, because so many people want to feel like that's the made up part, um, but you can't have a business that doesn't support the the brand the marketing the technology you know that that vision uh it, it, those those things inform those are business they inform how the business operates right you can't have a strategy that doesn't support how the business operates and and that's it's that disjointedness that i think gets a lot of people in trouble oh absolutely joey that's you said in two sentences what i just said in 16 paragraphs um <laughs> It, 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 everything else is so much easier because they're, they're tactical considerations, not strategic. Um, 
and they're 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 more left brain rational decisions like what color the website should be and not emotional or right brain decisions where you're appealing to uh, a really strong narrative that you know where your where your company came from and and what deep human needs your customers and your agents care about and your and your 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 policyholders what what they what what's important to them not just buying coverage but what else is going on with them and these are these are sometimes uncomfortable decisions for people who are technical thinkers or left brain management by numbers people and not to criticize them because uh, insurance you can you can lose a lot of money in insurance you can go to jail if you don't do it right so you need that kind of thinking but we need in our industry more transformational leadership where people are saying i'd love change i'm willing to shake things up i want to improve i want to work on our culture i want to be a better communicator i want to inspire the staff to work towards a common goal without me holding their hands and looking over their shoulder. I want to paint a picture for the future that's exciting for our customers. This, this is not something that insurance people are comfortable talking about typically. And that is why you see them lost in a sea of blue. And uh, I guess InsureTech, if there's going, to lot, there's going to be a lot good coming out of this, Joey, that's going to force these conversations and not everybody's going to make it, but a lot of them will if they're willing to embrace these changes. Peter Van Artrike, I'm going to leave it right there, sir. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>